Hi, hi, beautiful people. Welcome to the 10th episode of IP Talks. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, It's been a long time coming and I just want to say thank you so much for always coming to our TED Talk. Thank you very much. I know, right? Okay, so today we are going to be discussing IP and food. So this is the foodie episode. On this episode, I have... Salakotitilayo and Kate Oyeko. And together, we are going to be hosting the 10th episode. Welcome to IP Talks, a podcast for everyone, most especially intellectual property law enthusiasts, creatives, inventors, and business owners. We strictly discuss intellectual property law related matters and how it affects you and I. IP Talks is brought to you by the Intellectual Property Law Society of Lagos State University and it is hosted by the IP Talks gang. Okay, hi guys. Welcome to the foodie episode. And um, like Zainab and I rightfully said in the previous episode, you can't listen to this episode and not listen to the previous one or the next one. We don't do that here. So for this episode, especially for the foodies and the cultists that like mixing spaghetti and egusi, <laughs> don't worry, we're about to take over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now we're going to be talking about how intellectual property law affects your food and um, how it can be protected. Exactly. So, Kate is going to give us a little rundown on intellectual property rights available to food generally. Okay, so thank you, Ebon. We have um, the copyright, the trade secret, and patent okay. for it. So, basically, for patent is to provide a form of protection for technological advances. Mm-hmm. It could be for machines, just providing an award for disclosure of the creation of something new. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's for... Then for trade secrets, is, is, um, it's a right on confidential information. So for instance, now, okay, mm, for Coca-Cola products, for Coca-Cola products, you know, they have this, um, they have this secret that keeps them, you know, that keeps the taste the oh, same. Yes. So that's for trade secrets. Then for copyright is to protect literary and artistic works. Basically, it's concerned with protecting works of the human intellect. Lovely. So for food, your food is naturally protected by these three major intellectual property rights. That is copyright, trade secrets, and patent. But despite this being the three main um, intellectual property laws that protect your food, there are actually other rights that might be relevant to the food industry. So, Titula is going to give us like a little bit of rundown on these rights. Oh, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you very much, um, Katrine. That was um, enlightening. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Um, the other rights we have is um, a trademark. Where there is an infringement of your trademark, you can actually sue the other party infringing on that. And um, I'll briefly give an, an um, a definition of a trademark. A trademark is um, a symbol, a sign which differentiates the goods and services of one business from another. Like um, you could use a logo for your business, which is um, widely known around the world and somebody somewhere, maybe in a bar market, <laughs> somebody somewhere, maybe in a bar market is trying to use that same logo for their either shoes, the boxers or anything, you can name it. So um, trademark is used to protect um, um, logos 
particularly designs of um, businesses or services. And um, a very important um, case to buttress this is the case of um, Zara and Zara in capital letter and Zara in small letter. Well, this is a very interesting case. Um, <laughs> we all know Zara, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, um, Zara is a fashion, um, a well-known fashion brand. Yeah. Um, and um, there was this um, Indian um, cuisine, Indian kitchen or Indian restaurant trying to use um, Zara to actually advertise to people around that. Um, and it's... Um, they were trying to use Zara to sell their products. products. Okay, they were, okay, they wanted to use them. Zara clothing brand. Yes, their products, products, which is they are major, they, they major in food business. It's a restaurant. And... Um, the restaurant, I think, was Zara Tapa. Yeah, it was Zara <laughs> Tapas. Yeah, um, that Zara to see it. So you can you can actually sense that uh, is like, and people actually know Zara to be a fashion, a clothing brand. So they were passing off. They were Zara. exactly. They were and pass- people were patronizing them they, because they thought because they thought it's the Zara brand. brand. Yes. So it was like an infringement. It's like fake, fake. <laughs> <laughs> you get it right. Counterfeit. <laughs> Counterfeit. Counterfeit. Okay. So these um actually it's uh, and that was in this happened they've been using it since two thousand and three. Wow. <laughs> and Zara just discovered to, to them in twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. They've been using it for the past twelve years and people it it was widely known in um India. So it came to the notice of um Zara, the fashion brand, and they took it up to the courts in um Delhi. And even the pronunciation will not be Zara there. I don't know if you know Zara. Zara, Zara, you get it right. You get it right. And actually, um, the court actually ruled in favor of um Zara the brand, the clothing brand, and um not um Zara the (laughs) tapas. Zara, you get it right. So this way, um, trademark can actually protect you in the food industry and it doesn't necessarily directly apply to your food. So <laughs> this case is actually very, very interesting because Zara Tapako, I don't know why I've called it a Tapas, Tapas, it's Tapas. Zara Tapasco. Yeah. They were like, why didn't Zara sue other people that were also using the same name as Zara? And then the court said it was irrelevant. Like, if they want to sue you, they will come after you. <laughs> So they didn't want to feel uh, like they were being attacked personally, but they were. So that way, trademark protects. So apart from copyright, patents, and um, trade secrets, trademark can also protect your rights in the food industry generally. So Catherine is going to be giving us a rundown on how copyright applies directly to your food. Okay, thank you, Ebon. So basically, ingredients naturally are not protected by copyright. So if you have a, what's it called, a recipe, okay, you just list out your recipe, two cups of rice, um, one something of granite oil, you had bitter leaf, you had sugar, <laughs> you had anything to eat. So you listing your recipe out is not protected by copyright. Yeah. Like it's not protected by direct. So if I now go on YouTube, like I go to YouTube and I'm trying to, you know, form my own kitchen, maybe kids fast food or you know this normal normal kitchen now yeah, yeah. all this five five minutes food yeah. so, and i see your recipe there and i just use it you you listing it out it's not protected by, by copyright. copyright yes but in a situation where um what's it called in a situation where okay um there are cookbooks yes yes, yes cookbooks are protected Cook by copyright yes Th- those ones are protected by copyright because the selection you know you've okay you've taken your time to select it you've arranged it and you know coordinated it in a way that okay this is the first thing to do 
like creativity has really really set in here so then it can be protected but if it's something like okay a very good example of this is diary of a kitchen lover Sissy yemi and i think i should also add mine too kids <laughs> okay <laughs> catherine okay catherine ketra <laughs> yes that's just the life so okay another thing is like if you go to their um their ig story their ig page and you just maybe you just um take a screenshot you cannot like that cannot be protected yeah that cannot be protected a very good case is you can you might want to check it out so you, you just have to so you're not gonna be saying you may not you didn't hear about it <laughs> okay so tomato and Tomado LLC versus Bozari. Oh, this case carry. <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious. Can you say it again? Tomato and tomato Sounds LLC like versus you know you're saying Potato, potato. I think potato. that was what they were going for. <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> so basically, rights are not copyrightable. You're just listing your facts. No, 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 sorry. I meant facts, facts are not, not copyrightable. So you're just listing it out. If it's not, um, if it's not, um, what's it called? Cookbooks. Mm-hmm. If it's not, you just listing it out cannot be copyrighted. Okay. So that's just... Okay, I think that makes a lot of sense. So if you have a very, very nice recipe and you think, oh, this recipe is quite unique and you put it on the internet, you now listed it in your caption on Instagram and somebody takes a screenshot and puts it in their cookbook. and yeah i think another um way i think um is when you list your ingredients at the back of your products that's not also subject to copyright protection so you have to be careful on how you list your very very unique ingredients online it has to be compiled like an amount of creativity has to be put into it to give it such an original character that now makes it um, yeah. Okay. Yes, exactly. So not all ingredients are cop- on subjected to copyright laws because they're just facts, and facts cannot be protected by copyright. Okay. Also, your ideas have to be expressed in a way that is original and creative. Okay. Okay. Exactly. So now, you know, we said there are three rights, three major rights that are subject to intellectual property law. That is copyright, as discussed by Catherine. Now we're going to be going to patent. This one is very, very Peter. interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm literally screaming. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just let it till I take it up from here. All right, then. Thank you so much, Ebo. And thank you very much, Katrin. That was, um, that was very enlightening, actually. Okay. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a background noise for me. Actually, yeah. Okay, patent. Um, these are... It is a license conferred on an inventor. So you creating something... You can get a patent on that product, in, an, an invention that gives the inventor the sole right to use, make and sell his invention at the exclusion of others. Yeah. Then um, for food patent, food patent is a type of utility. There are three types of, actually, sorry, sorry, I have to tell you that. There are three types of patents. We have utility patent, we have design patent, and we have plant patent. Okay, food Patent is a type of utility. Is a type of utility patent. Okay. And um, okay, so guys, if you want more information about the types of patent, just go back and listen to our patent episode. Yeah. So there was an, also we have an episode on, on that patent. patent. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was the commercial well, break. Listen, no. <laughs> All right then. Um, can food be patent? Can it be patented? Mm-hmm. Can I say that? Yeah, you can. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. The law says that um, food is a composition of matter mm. and therefore it is eligible for 
patent so, from scientific view. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> so the food you are eating is, an, is composition of matter. So salt bay is an inventor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Um, for food to be eligible eligible for patent, um, it must meet the following criteria I'm about to mention. It must not seem to. It must not seem to be obvious. It must not seem obvious to somebody in the field. It must be something that is um that that nobody has created. It must be something that is unique. Okay. Then secondly, it must have originality. It must come from you. It must be something. It must be something original in the sense that um you created it yourself, not somebody doing it on your behalf. Thirdly, it must have utility. We must be able to. Eat that food. <laughs> it will not be something you just you just put in a show glass. You just put in a show glass and it's just like making um decoration. Like are you like <laughs> yeah yeah okay then um food disclosure is required. It must be disclosed. It must not be something that um is secretive. Yeah okay. So those are the main points under um patent protecting food <laughs> and it's right. yeah it's quite interesting it's quite interesting that it's the law views food as an invention like mm -hmm. it's quite mind-blowing and then our chefs salt bay you know all these people I'm a yeah. chef <laughs> so in a way you're an inventor i mean so all this rights um you're also subject to the normal patent elements and requirements that means it must be full disclosure of your ingredients it must be original it must not have been um, easily perceived by a regular person in the field and then titi still wants to discuss some elements yeah and examples of um food and patents we have examples and they are um altering shapes okay like um you could alter like if you are to, if you want to have a patent for your cake maybe you are into catering making of cake and all that if somebody's own is um circular mm -hmm. you could make yours rectangular or a trapezium. Exactly. Or <laughs> hectagon. Or pen anyhow. Or make it perpendicular. Anyhow you want it. <laughs> then um, creating combinations. Like um, you, it has to be something that um, a lot of um, combinations you combine together. Uh, it must be edible actually. Not just you making. Actually. Making. Um, how will I put it? Mix, mixing amalangari together. <laughs> no, we don't want that kind of combination. Please. Food cultists. This is where they are happy. This is where they will thrive. This is All where of you. Jumping. That you eating pineapple pizza <laughs> combining pineapple and pizza together like have indomie and egusi soup oh, imagine. Oh, imagine rice and ogbono because <laughs> rice and ogbono <laughs> my god <laughs> okay then improving the shelf life it um it has to for your food to have patents it has to be something that would stay that will stay longer mm -hmm. it's not just something that um you make um in an hour and let's say um in two three hours already deteriorating then you have to make the food healthier it has to be healthy and easy very easy to, to make, make. Okay. yeah so this kind of um foods are subjected to patent so if you've come like come up with a kind of recipe that makes food stay for longer or makes it healthier or something like that it makes it susceptible to 
patent. Yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> I save trade secrets for myself. <laughs> A selfish babe. I see you, right? <laughs> Do you know why I'm so excited about trade secrets? Because I get to talk about the crappy party. I mean... Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm such a fan of SpongeBob, and I was like, "Please, I see Kate, Titi, please I let me have trade secrets, please." <laughs> so, for trade secrets, naturally they're just confidential information that is protected by intellectual property law. Yeah. So, um, the co- the Coke recipe, for example, is subject to trade secrets. Not everybody has access to it, and even if you do have an access to it, there would be a non-disclosure. So, for you to keep on enjoying that intellectual property law of trade secrets, it would have to be. A secret, basically. Yeah. So, um, for example, there is this thing. There is a fact that two owners, like the two people that know the Coke secrets or that have it in the world, cannot get on the same, same plane, plane, which Whoa. is crazy because mm. if the plane crashes, the ingredients yeah, crashes. Is gone so, yeah, to, in order to keep it a secret, those things have to be done. For example, now Mr. Krabs keeps the crappy party formula in yeah. his secret vault. <laughs> So the crappy party formula actually enjoys trade secrets because Plankton and uh, Mrs. Puffs or another random person does not necessarily have access to that um, secret. So most chefs, most restaurants, they enjoy this trade secrets thing. They're like, okay, for example, now your mommy's old, um, okay, your, yeah, your, your grandma's, grandma's old cookie recipe or that gives your food scintillating aroma exactly. all around <laughs> that just smells all through the house oh my you know that style your secret is not for everybody <laughs> it's not for everybody if you're not part it's of the family persons. if you're not part of the family you cannot know it exactly <laughs> so yeah those things are subject to trade secrets and if you guys remember um kung fu panda there was this pasta the secret formula to the secret food or something. And then we discovered that it was actually nothing. Hmm. So it actually has to be like, how would I put it? A secret that um, not everybody has access That's to true. that makes your food distinctive from exactly. other people's food. Mm-hmm. And most restaurants that have special um, courses or signature meals mm-hmm. have that exactly. in their restaurants. For example, KFC, it's not for everybody, everybody. you know. So <laughs> that right in the food industry protects the food itself. So, so as we've discussed, now you know that your food is not just your food. Yeah. First off, your food is viewed by law and science as um, a combination of matter. matter. So that makes it an invention in a way. So and your all the cook, all the other shelves in the house, you guys are inventors. Inventors. <laughs> yeah, and you can enjoy patents straight exactly. up. Food patents. And it must be a utility pattern. That means it must actually be useful. So if your food is the type that we cannot eat, ah no, <laughs> it's gonna be protected. <laughs> it's gonna be protected. Yeah. Also, like Catherine rightfully said, if you just list your ingredients, sorry, that is not protected by copyright. Yeah. But if you list it in a way that is unique, like in a cookbook, you take time to do the combination, the collection, the arrangement, and then you make it your own cookbook, then that cookbook itself is protected by copyright law. And if you have a crappy party formula, 
That's your trade secret. Now you understand why Mr. Crab is always after his recipe. He yes. doesn't want it out of his hands. Because once he has it out, once your trade secret is disclosed, it's, it's, it's your no IP right is gone. I catch Crabs it. is a smart man. He's a smart man. He like crabs, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my God. The people that eat pineapple pizza, the people that eat Semo so- and Garim. <laughs> you people that eat pineapple pizza. <laughs> You people pizza. that eat pineapple pizza. So I'm sure you're happy about this episode. <laughs> they are doing something special with your life. I mean, <laughs> and all these occultic um, food mixers. All of you that belong in the cult, <laughs> they wake up in the morning and then you snap um, sugar inside okra soup. My God, you snap. These people snap obnoxious things on the internet. Did you, did you see this um, post on Instagram where you have this cake? I think it was um, vanilla oh, or red velvet. And there was stew by the side. Jesus! What? It was this morning. I said, what combination is that? Okay. It's a unique food combination. And like you rightfully said, it's a subject to food patents. You try it. Yes, yes, I will. Kate and stew. I will. This girl is a cultist. Actually. Kate Oyeko is a cultist. When I said this morning, I was like, seriously? So it's even a Jackie Khan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that one lah. Like, yeah, a Jackie Khan cake. It's actually so yeah. good too. Oh, what a waste! <laughs> All right, guys. Well, unfortunately, we have to go. I have to let these horses away from this place. <laughs> How about so that we are protected? And a goose oh my God! Please, that. let's just end this episode right now. It's a wrap. It's a wrap, guys. All right, that'll be all for now, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank for our 10th episode, it's such a milestone for us. And for our everyday listeners, all the time, you're always tuning in. Say a very big thank you to you. Yeah, yeah. But if you want more of us, you can get follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and you can read our ELF blog up. So if you are talking too much for you, you can just find time, slowly read our articles on the ELF blog hub. Um, the links will be added in the description. So, Titi and Catherine, do you have anything else to add? No. Not really. We've said all. <laughs> and all the cultists in the house, please, 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 please. Stop eating pineapple pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything to say. I would just say maybe we should try out cake and stew. <laughs> a Jackie yes. Castillo. <laughs> After the show. After the yes, show. Yes, <laughs> you so when you listen to this, mm-hmm. give it a try. I'm running for my life. Bye, guys. <laughs>